Dr. Emily Funk Reynolds, and you are listening to the Confessions of a Young Doctor podcast, where we are striving for a balance at work and at home so that we can be the best for our patients, our family, and most importantly, for ourselves. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. This week, I'm going to introduce you to the four different types of patients that you will commonly interact with and honestly you have probably already met them but maybe you didn't categorize them in this way and I'm going to tell you that by categorizing them and by identifying the different ways that people like to communicate and think you are going to be able to relate to them much much better. Now regardless of your opinion on it it's safe to say that our patients have choices in today's society and most of them can choose where they want to go for their health care and because of that our industry has become somewhat service oriented and we need to be conscious of the patient experience which is something that wasn't always the case in medicine and healthcare, um, but in our generation it is a key player in attracting patients and retaining patients and a big part of that is how patients feel when they talk to you and how you can relate to them so understanding the personality type of the patients that you interact with can help to facilitate that relationship so unless you live under a rock you have probably heard of many different types of personality tests um, from Myers-Briggs to Enneagram, many, many different kinds. Um, But the one that I'm going to focus on today is the DISC personality. And that's because I just like the way that it's broken down into four major categories and it makes the most sense to me. And I think in terms of how it will apply to our healthcare practice, it is the easiest to understand. So If you're new to kind of thinking this way about your interactions with people, it's a good place to start, I think. So in the DISC assessment, there are four major subtypes, and they basically describe how people approach problems, other people, um, and procedures in their daily life differently based on which category they kind of fit into and it's nice and easy because the disc represents the first letters of each of the personality types so the first is d dominance um i influence s steadiness and c compliance so obviously people can be you know a little bit of a composite of each of these categories but generally each person will have one that they rank the highest and that they identify with the most and i would say for the purposes of patient interaction your job is to identify which one they fall under the most and use that to your advantage when you are communicating with them so first before we get into how to communicate with each type i want to just kind of go over what the different types are and some of the key characteristics of each of them 
So first, our high D, our dominant personalities. Honestly, this might be what you are as a doctor. Um, these are the people that want to be number one. They think very logically, um, but they don't get too caught up in the details. They want an overview of the facts and they want results. They want accomplishments to be noticed and they want to be in charge. They like to know where they're going and have a say in how they get there. These people are direct and to the point and they have a high value on their time. So this is not somebody that you want to keep waiting in your waiting room. Um, these people are motivated by progress. So sometimes, yeah, I know, uh, inevitably you're going to be running behind. Um, but if you know you have a dominant personality sitting out in your waiting room, try to bring them back um, into a treatment room, even if the doctor is not ready to see them yet. You know, maybe have your nurse or your assistant start working them up and kind of take a survey of why they're there so that they feel like their appointment is moving forward. And then, once you are able to talk with them, don't beat around the bush with these people. Make sure that you tell them the facts, exactly what's going on, what you need to do to fix it, and be realistic. These people don't want you to sugarcoat their diagnosis or tell them, you know, this might happen. You need to be um, sure of what you are telling them and be able to back it up. Don't spend a lot of time going over the details of the biochemistry behind whatever disease process they might have going on. You want to get right to the point, tell them this is what you have, this is how we fix it. Like I said, these people place a high value on their time, so they don't want to chit chat with you. They don't want you to really chit chat with them and ask about what they did over the weekend or how their holiday was. If they are in your office, they are there for a certain treatment and that's pretty much all they want to talk about. They want to get in and get out and get a definitive solution that they can start seeing progress with. Um, Another important thing is, like I said, they like to have control over the situation. So if there are multiple ways to go about a certain treatment or um, options for their care, you want to provide them with the pros and cons of each option and then leave the decision up to them. They will feel much better if they have the choice um, left up to them and if they can make that decision based on the facts that you provide. Another big thing with D's is that they are somewhat defensive and they're kind of always afraid that other people are trying to take advantage of them. So it's really important that you are kind of straight up with them from the beginning. Um, they are the people who are going to be looking for ways that you may be, you know, nickel and diming them and, you know, if there's a chance that, you know, they might need an extra procedure or something like that in the future, warn them of that ahead of time. Um, because if not, they're going to feel later like you kind of did a bait and switch on them and D's do not, not like that at all. So like I said, you yourself might be a D um, or you might know somebody 
in your life who is a D and you're probably envisioning them um, as I'm giving this description. And I would say hold on to that um, kind of picture in your mind because it's going to help you later when we talk about identifying these personality types if you have kind of a template person that generally fits each personality type. All right, so our next type is our I type. These are our influencers. These people are very enthusiastic and optimistic. Um, They're pretty talkative and very emotional. They are, you know, your more creative types, super encouraging, um, super motivational. They have a little bit of a sense of humor and they like to keep the peace, keep conflict down um and they're always looking for the upside of things um however they are a little bit more concerned with approval of other people and how they are appearing they want to be noticed and they like to feel like they're important um even though they are kind of always putting others up So kind of opposite of our D's, these people are more idealistic. Um, They are going to love to chit chat with you. Um, These are the people that like to have, you know, philosophical conversations um, about life and they are not really focused on cold hard facts like our D's. Um, Sometimes for D's, these eyes can be a little bit frustrating to interact with because they are hard to get organized and get their details set um so these people like i said they want to talk to you um and they want to relate to you and be able to socialize with you and they don't care so much about results so for these patients you want to take a minute to sit down with them and ask you know how their weekend was how their family is doing um take time to get to know them personally a little bit because that is how they relate to people um and then you also want to be more empathetic with these patients you want to support their feelings um whatever concerns they may have validate those feelings because again these are the people that are kind of always looking for that approval um show them that you like them and that you care about them compliment them even if it's something silly um that will mean a lot to a high eye personality and then don't get too much into the details so um just kind of like with our d's you don't want to get into the nitty-gritty of their diagnosis or the mechanism behind whatever they have going on Um, but for the eyes what you want to do is focus on big picture with general expectations um, and be kind of broad in your description so with your d's you don't want to get into the details but you want cold hard facts Um, for your eyes you want more big picture more long-term descriptions But like I said, these people tend to be a little bit all over the place. So when it comes to implementing a treatment plan or if there's something that 
they need to do at home you do need to be pretty clear with them in terms of what you want them to do so if you let's say they need some type of physical therapy and you want them to do a certain set of exercises um, you need to tell them exactly how many you know sets they need to do of a given exercise or how long how many times a day um be very specific about what you want them to do because they will kind of leave it up to their own interpretation and say oh yeah you know i will do that so this is someone that you want to sit down and help them come up with a schedule um, for implementing whatever you may be asking them to do um, to make sure that they follow through So these people are super nice, you love to chit chat with them, um, but sometimes their follow through isn't always there. Um, And I'm sure that you can think of somebody in your life who is like this. All right, our third type is our S type, and these are our steadiness people. And just like it sounds, these people are very um, regimented, resistant to change very habitual um, but they are also super reliable and dependable these are the people who come 15 minutes early for their appointment every time you never have compliance issues with these people if you tell them to do something they do it even if it's difficult for them or if it's not really working for them Um, these are the people who I'm thinking, you know, just for me in orthodontics, these are the kids that always wear their rubber bands. Um, No matter what, you never have to worry. Um, Whatever you tell them to do, they will do. They are super good listeners. And they, these, generally these people have a certain time of day or day of the week that they like to come in. And, you know, they're always the Tuesday 10 a.m. appointment. um, And they will always be there. Um, but that's kind of their time. They hold on to security um, and they like things a certain way. Um, and they're great as long as they are in their kind of bubble um, and things are moving the way that they are used to. Um, but these people struggle a little bit with change, um, which can be difficult if you need to present them with a different kind of treatment plan or something that they have um, is going to change their life a little bit drastically. These people can be very upset by that. At the same time, um, steadiness people are very logical. Um, So if you can present the facts in a way that makes sense to them um, with documentation and proof that will make them feel more comfortable um, and let them know that whatever your treatment plan is or whatever you're asking them to do is an effort to minimize their risk of future complications. Um, But you also want to involve them personally um, and let them know that you care about them as a person and that you notice and appreciate their compliance and their patience with you. Um, These people, like I said, do not 
like change. They don't like conflict. So you want to be um, not aggressive when talking with them. This is not somebody that you want to rush through their appointment. You want to give them time to think things over, um, especially if you are changing things or asking them to do something new. These people are going to need a little bit more time to adapt. Though these patients might require a little bit more um, patience from you in the beginning, you want to try to foster that because these people are super loyal. If you can win them over, they will continue to come to you for life um, and they will be your greatest fan. These people want to find somebody that they love and can continue to go to in the future. So if you can be that person, um, you will have a long-term patient and these people are good. They do what you ask them to do. They are patients that will do well because um, they can follow through on what you're asking um, as opposed to some of our eye patients who maybe struggle a little bit with that follow through. You just really want to communicate to them a sense of safety and security in your office and let them know that you will continue to be a support system for them um, throughout their treatment because that is something that they value really, really highly. And one of their kind of biggest fears is a lack of security. All right, so that brings me to our last personality type, which is our C type. Um, C can either be compliant or conscientious, depending on uh, which source you are looking at for the dispersonality. Um, but these are the ones to watch out for. Um, these people are highly, highly analytical, um, careful. They are a hundred percent into the details. They have super high standards. They will ask you a million questions and question you throughout all of their treatment. And um, these people often know that they are like this. Um, they are very critical and they oftentimes get caught up in the details um, and can sometimes miss out on the bigger picture or what you're trying to achieve. Um, and for me personally, these are the most difficult patients um, to navigate and to treat um, because it's hard to build trust with these people. Um, even if somebody asked them and they said that they like you um they when you're interacting with them they will feel like maybe they don't like you or they don't trust you um and it can be difficult to build a rapport with these patients now don't get me wrong these people are very nice um and they won't be aggressive when they're talking to you they actually don't like conflict at all um, they just want to know every detail about everything so these are the people where you are going to have to 
get into the molecular mechanisms of their condition and the how and the why of what's going on, um, whether you want to or not. Um, And these are the patients who will come in for a 15-minute appointment and will end up being there for an hour um, because they just keep asking you questions and these are the people that you're trying to, you know, get out of their treatment room as quickly as possible before they can ask you anything else. Um, These people that you want to be very good about your documentation of their appointments um, and be careful about what you say to them because they will remember everything and they will ask you about it later. So, um, like I said, these people are not really trying to be difficult, um, but it's just their nature. Uh, They just have a lot of questions. They want to know the specifics of everything that is going on. These people don't do well um, with gray areas. They want to know detailed procedures. They want to know percentages. Um, This is someone where if there's a chance that a certain treatment won't work or won't be effective, um, you need to tell them ahead of time. You know, the research shows that there is an X percent chance that this therapy won't work for you um, so that they are prepared. These are the people who will go home after they leave your office and research what you told them and they will ask you questions about it later. These are the people who make appointments to see you often um, because they just want you to check how things are going. Um, These are the people that are constantly monitoring their own progress. So for these people, you need to warn them of potential side effects, kind of walk them through all of the situations that could happen um, so that if something does happen, they don't freak out um, and they are prepared. They like to be prepared. They like to know all of the details. These people also don't really want to talk with you about their personal life. They want to talk to you a lot, but they really only want to talk about their treatment. So you don't need to waste any of that precious appointment time um, talking with them about their personal life. Um, You will need pretty much all of the time that you have to answer their questions. Trust me. (laughs) But it's important with these patients that you do take the time to answer their questions and explain things to them if you kind of dismiss them or rush them through an appointment without answering their questions they will not like you they will not come back to you um so you want to make sure that you give yourself enough time to answer their questions and talk with them these people will test your patience But like I said, they do not like conflict, so it's important that you remain calm and um, tactful when you're interacting with them. All right, so now that you kind of have a basic idea of the four personality types um, and somewhat of an idea how to interact with them, um, how do you figure out 
which type of person that you're dealing with just a few minutes into their appointment because it's important that you know and be able to recognize the person that you're dealing with so that you can act accordingly because as we've seen there is a big difference in the way that you want to approach each of these patients realistically you will probably tend to attract more people who share your personality type over time because those are the people that are just naturally going to gravitate toward you because you communicate in a similar way Um, but you definitely will interact with people of all different types especially if you are in maybe a larger practice with multiple providers so you want to be sure to be able to identify which type you are talking to and interact with them accordingly. So just like I mentioned that you as a doctor might be a D type, um, a lot of careers attract a certain personality type more than another. So a good kind of base to use um, to determine somebody's personality type is looking at their career. Um, So your D's are going to be your high-powered, driven individuals. Um, These people are going to be lawyers, entrepreneurs, small business owners, executives, operation managers, um, sometimes even, you know, police officers or people in power positions with, uh, deciding roles because that's what they do best they make decisions and generally d's are about 18 to 20 percent of the general population then our eyes like we said are our creatives these are your musicians your writers artists um creative directors these are people that are super social have jobs that involve talking to others and um, expression and generally our eyes are about 28 percent of our population and these people are personal and social so both our d's and our eyes are going to be extroverted but they're going to be extroverted in very different ways so your d's are going to be kind of commanding, outspoken, whereas your eyes are going to be the people who will find somebody to strike up a conversation with no matter where they go. They just like chatting with people, like learning about people's lives, whereas your Ds are going to be the people who come in with, you know, their Bluetooth on and are half on a conference call while they're in your chair talking to you and trying to get in and out of your office as quickly as possible. Your eyes are going to be someone who you are in line at a coffee shop and they start chatting you up. Our S personality types are Again, those people that you need in very dependable roles that you can count on to be there. So these are sometimes more assistant roles, um, like nurses, um, 
a lot of executive assistants, sometimes school counselors. These people are easygoing, um, but super dependable. Um, you love to have an S working with you or under you um, because you can always count on them to get the job done, um, but they're not super assertive or opinionated. These people, like I said, are the ones who come early and are always there, always do what you say. And luckily, S's tend to make up the greatest proportion of our society with around 40% being S's, which is great um, because these are really your model patients. These are the people that you love to see. And then we have our C's. Our C's, like we said, are super analytical, focused on data, and they will have jobs that reflect that. These people are data scientists, they are analysts, a lot of engineers, RCs, um, people into math and hardcore science are going to be your Cs. And like I mentioned, um, for me, Cs are the hardest to treat and luckily they make up the smallest portion of our population with generally only around 14 or 15 percent um and these are your super critical nitty-gritty data-driven people and like i said their jobs will usually reflect that so while our d's and our i's are the extroverts our s's and our c's are going to be more introverted um, the difference between the two is that our S's are more people-oriented. Um, they are, you know, the loyal people, whereas our C's are not really that people-focused. They're more data task-focused and details-focused. So our S's will come in. They will have done all of their pre-appointment paperwork and everything that you asked of them, whereas RCs will probably have done that too, um, but they will immediately start asking you questions before you've even had a chance to kind of do a full exam, or they will tell you about something that they read online. These are the people that you want to come into the room, immediately wash your hands and kind of explain what you're doing every step of the way. So I hope this kind of gives you guys a good overview of all of the major personality types. Of course, like I said, people are going to have components of all four of the DISC personality types. But what you want to do is try to identify which one is the strongest. Um, and for me, it's been helpful to kind of have one stereotypical person or patient for each type. And then as I am introduced to somebody new, trying to identify which person that they um, remind me the most of, and then using that kind of as my basis to move forward in my interactions with them. Ultimately, people are drawn to others that interact with them in the way that they prefer and that they can relate to. So if you can assess somebody's kind of love language um, from the beginning and emulate that when you interact with them your patient retention 
and satisfaction will definitely increase. And the more that you start doing this, the easier it will be to kind of assess which type you're dealing with and react accordingly. So I hope this provides a good basis and that you guys can start applying this to your daily practice. If you found this episode helpful, you know what to do. Leave us a review, share the podcast with your friends. And with that, I will catch y'all in the next one. 